0: Hi, my name is Antonia Dominguez And I'm Linda Coogan And you're listening to Wine, the Long and the Short of It In proud partnership with Give Wine a Future How well do you know your wines? From the simple to the complex From acidity to symphondel Welcome to Wine, the Long and the Short of It My name is Antonia Dominguez, the Long. And my name is Linda Coogan, the Short.
1: Between us, we have over 30 years collective experience in wine buying, wine retail and wine education. Every week we discuss a topic, product or trend from the world of wine.
0: Welcome back everyone to part two of Understanding Wine Labels and in this episode we are going to kick off with New World Wine Labels um, because in the last episode, part one, we talked about old uh, world wine labels and um, we touched on another few bits and pieces. So we're going to um, yeah, start with New World Wine Labels and then talk about, um, I suppose, things like messaging and transparency and I think you have a few other bits and a pieces. Few little things up my sleeve to now, discuss can I say I felt like the last episode was so like oh, chunky meaty that I, I almost felt like I was given a WSET <laughs> class
1: because Wild you know it's Spirit not an Educational
0: Trust professional wine course that is yeah it, no it's yeah. there's so
1: much yeah there's a lot there's so much to take in it. so
0: I hope that people didn't you know sort of get boggled with the information we gave them but I think this one is going to be a little bit more to the point and a little bit easier to get through because there's not as much to New World wine labels so New World, just to, to explain again what the New World term means, Old World refers to traditional European origins of wine. And uh, New World were, I suppose, everything outside of Europe that came on board in terms of wine production. Um, so Australia, New Zealand, uh, USA, um, Argentina, Chile. Um, those are the big ones really. Yeah. And there are a few more, South Africa, of course. Um, and we're seeing others really, really interesting ones yeah. like Uruguay and you know, there's well Brazil. Brazil and yeah. So the and China, India. <laughs> They're all, you know, getting on the wine producing train. In big ways because they've got such huge domestic markets that they're having no problem selling what they produce. The New World wines that we're going to talk about here don't
1: have the strict rules and regulations that the old world countries have to abide by. So they have much more flexibility to be innovative, you know, spell it out on the label, unlike what the the French and, and Spanish wines can do. They have flexibility.
0: Yeah. And they do. And, and we talked about DOCG, DO and DOCGs and whatnot in the last episode. So, uh, or in France, they call it AOC, Appellation Origin, Controle. Contre- I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of said that was that in half Spanish, half French. But anyway, <laughs> as you said, in New World, they don't have. Um, I mean, they have some some of the countries have their versions of DOs and DOCGs, but they just don't apply as strict criteria. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like in USA,
1: it's AVAs in South Africa, it's yeah. WO Wine of Origin. Yes. so it's more to the place and things like that. So, um, yeah, great. And they 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 say a lot more on the back label, you know, which is exciting. And you know, I love. I, I suppose I would drink personally more old world wines, but when I started to get into wine, I would a hundred percent have have gone straight to the New World:
0: mm, Australia,
1: Chile. New Zealand they're the ones Mm. that I would have drank interesting yeah definitely because it it helped me to learn
0: can I just say I just realized that in the old world episode when Mm. we were talking about old world labels we didn't talk about uh, places like Germany and Austria and I do I almost feel like Germany and Austria like merit a whole episode to themselves especially Germany with the system and the classifications they have which is so mind-boggling for consumers to sort of take in, you know, cabinet, there's a reason, why we, there's a reason why we didn't go there. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't want to admit poor, it because okay. German wines are are becoming more and more important now, and they're they're you know we're starting to see them creep in. Okay, albeit when we when you see them on a supermarket shelf, they're probably likely to say you know, you know, trocken okay. or halb trocken or whatever. But um, and, you know, and and then going back to the eighties, it was blue non, it was sweeter. It was a sweeter um, style of wine that kind of hooked people. But I do think it's an important area and I think we need to come back to it.
1: We will give Austria and Germany, and Germany its particular. own little session sometime. Well, we're If going you want to do, hear it, let us know. <laughs> yeah, no, but we
0: are going to do by country series. And I think that will give us an opportunity to delve deeper in not just labels, but you know. No, 100%. Yeah, OK. So going back to AVAs and all of that and WOs and all of that, you were saying we're not they're not as restricted in the new world no and they're much clearer and yeah in their communications and their labels and grape varieties and so on first of all it's really important to have a grasp as to the regions like Chile is the number one consumed wine in ireland not that we're focusing on ireland but we just happen to be based here and i think that Chile is also a big country for many uh, a market um but it, it is and has been historically a source of sort of mass-market entry-level wine. And I mean, they have like, you know, serious vineyard uh, land in terms of just size alone. Um, and, and so what they have is, a, I suppose, the Central Valley. The Central Valley has lots of different little, you know, appellations within it. But it's generally you're talking about flat vineyard land that's seriously hot. So no problem producing loads of quantity has to be irrigated because it's so hot there but it produces a lot of high high yields of all sorts of grape varieties and and it can have typically it has you know your international we're talking international grape varieties cabernet sauvignon your merlot sauvignon blanc your chardonnays planted in big volumes and produced for mass market sale in the global market Would that be fair to say? It is.
1: And would you compare La Mancha with Irene? 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 I
0: can't. (laughs) Ayrén. Irene? No, I can't say. Um, as being the equivalent well it is and it isn't because the thing La Mancha, obviously yeah. different grape La, La Mancha is a huge yeah wine producing Iden is produced believe it or not is, is, is for the sort of um, spirit distillation yeah. world yeah um, but La Mancha certainly produces you know big volume of all sorts of wines and that are more on the entry level side so in the supermarket on the supermarket shelves where you find like you know Chilean wine en masse you're, you're generally talking about Central Valley you know Cheaper stuff, let's just say, to simplify it. And again, we're always talking about generalisations here because we have to. Yep. But what I would encourage people to, because Chile has, is starting to evolve in a big way, mm-hmm. they are planting in cooler marginal climates and re, and sites all with over day the country. With no ranges. With diurnal ranges. <laughs> uh, high diurnal ranges. Um so like you absolutely can find phenomenal Amazing wines coming out quality. of quality, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. 100%. And and some
0: examples are of the cooler climates that I'm talking about is you know, if you go south you're going to Itata Valley, Bio Bio, um, you know, coastal regions, Casablanca, Leda Valley, you can get some lovely Pinot Noir from Leda. Um yeah, and, and so um you can expect, and they're starting to change their winemaking techniques and everything to, to really come up with lovely, you know, produce lovely quality. Um, so I would, in terms of labels, I would be looking out for things like, does it say wine of chilli? That's it. And yeah, it besides. Real generic, you know? non-specific, yeah. just boom these yeah. grapes were grown in Chile or even Central Valley or some of the yeah, appellations from Central Valley would be like Maule or Rapel now that requires a little bit more knowledge yeah. to be able to look at that and say well that's Central Valley so this is going to be but price point is, itself will be the indicator I think um, alright it's fine if you're looking for a straightforward you know you want a Sauvignon Blanc that's really vibrant and punchy and has you know lots of fruit and high acidity and you know, herbaceous notes grand go for it knock yourself out same for the Merlot same for the cab but, um, and the Chardonnay but I, I think it's much more interesting to go to some of the more marginal climates I've mentioned or marginal re- regions I've mentioned and look to even like their indigenous grape varieties so like the fabulous Carmin- stuff coming Eyre. out yeah, yeah, Car- yeah, Carminier air yeah. Sanso, uh, Pais you know there's just ah uh, no these are not your everyday well, it depends on where yeah.
1: you go. OK, but the independents certainly yeah. list them. Starting to to get yeah. really excited about some better quality yeah. levels coming from Chile. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. If you see Reserva on the label of a Chilean wine, it really has very little meaning except that they have higher minimum alcohol levels. So like a lot of this, again, is, is a marketing ploy. and um, if, if a red wine has Reserva Privada or Grand Reserva it does say that it's had some time in Oak like a minimum of six months but really those terms mean nothing it's a bit of a marketing ploy
1: whereas in the old world historically they ha- had to be governed whereas in the new world these countries they are much more flexible looser. and yeah, yeah. looser for sure yeah. um, but again some, some vineyards you see single vineyard Written on it. Yes. So that's equivalent to previously in in Burgundy, for example, certain sites. Yes. So that would denote that it is a better quality
0: yes um, I think so I mean if you see single vineyard it's, it's the producer is making a quality statement they're yeah. saying we've picked the grapes from a particular vineyard site because we believe that the grapes yeah. from that particular vineyard are of superior quality yeah. similarly if you see single estate okay it's not they're not grapes from one particular vineyard site but they're from vineyards that the estate owns and controls mm-hmm as yep. opposed to grapes that are just bought from multiple producers or sorry, grape growers um, across whatever appellation and they're just all bought in and, you know, you know, uh, pressed, fermented and off you go.
1: And again, like you were saying with chili, wine of chili, wine of California, as opposed to AVA Washington State. Do you know that kind of way? It's more specific. It's more narrowing down to what you're going to get a better quality
0: yeah, I mean, I do think just to, 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 to clarify that there is still a, a, like a quality implication to the AVAs and so on, because you can be a wine of Australia, you can be Southeast Australia, South Australia, you could be wine of California. But if you are from an AVA in California or WO, you're saying you're making the statement that our grapes are grown in this like a delimited, you know, territory or region. So whether it's Napa Valley or Russian River. Or in Australia, Adelaide Hills or Mornington Peninsula. That in itself is a quality statement. I just don't think that those regions are as restricted as, say, the D.O.s and A.O.C.s of Europe of 100%, old world. Yeah, they're not. Absolutely not. So I've just talked about Chile and say, like, talking about Australia now. Moving on to Australia, it's it's an important wine producing country, and um, it's really prevalent in all the supermarket shelves globally. Um, except for China these days because they had a fallen out. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, that's for another time. That could that that should have been included in our wine controversy episode. But anyway, we'll we'll go back to. But again,
1: every single thing we talk about, Antonia, we could actually be. I know. Going to Tangent here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we'll never. Are we ever going
0: to stop seeing each other and doing these podcasts? Probably not. We're going to be on our Zimmer frame still doing these. (laughs) In like two years, (laughs) we're like ten layers of (laughs) glasses trying to read notes. Um, Anyway, go on. Um. So so Australia yeah I mean you, you we would know things like obviously wolf blast yellow tail and all of that right that is what we see on the supermarket shelves prolifically um and that that, that kind of a classification means the grapes are coming from anywhere you like in australia and you're really talking about mass market wines just as, as i we talked about central valley in chile and um, so it's nice to become familiar with the appellations the regions sub regions that produce a bit of quality and that are defined so barossa valley and you know you get fabulous you know shiraz from barossa valley and and increasingly you know um, you know mclaren vale and getting great Grenache from McLaren Vale these days really brilliant Mm. Grenache oh my god like don't get me started on that Um, you have things like Cunawara for brilliant Cabernet Sauvignon like exquisite Cabernet Sauvignon because they have this particular red earth and they say it gives this eucalyptus this very unique eucalyptus terracotta but a minty kind of and you really get it in in, in the Cabernet Sauvignon it's it's amazing to do a tasting of one of those wines I um, had
1: one of his wines it wasn't a full bottle it was in a like a 500 mil
0: and oh, I had you a, a crown yeah, yeah um, the Tissledown yeah. wines are amazing they're fantastic yeah. wines well they really changed the face of Grenache in Australia but anyway that's for another time um, things like Mornington Peninsula for its Pinot Noir um, and Tasmania for its Pinot Noir or you know Hunter Valley for Semillon uh, Margaret River for Chardonnay Adelaide Hills for Chardonnay like these so, so really, hold on so yeah.
1: these are chill out for a second okay so I'm getting very excited I know you are so right. these are specific regions that are associated with the grapes that grow best in them yeah
0: well they are and they aren't because I think most of them will grow several different grape varieties but I just I think some of them have particular. Yeah, yeah there's classics and those are the the wines I just mentioned um so yeah, no, um, don't
1: worry if you're driving, running, all of this will be in show notes. So if you're on our email list, yes, I know it's a lot our to take wine in. com, You can subscribe and we will get you all the notes you need to know about this. Yeah. Um because there is a lot, it's chunky.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of It is, too. it is. So again, that's down to there's no particular I mean as you just said, these labels from the new world are a lot clearer in the, in the in the information they provide but it's nice to familiarize yourself with certain regions and grape varieties that are you know produced in in you know in, in terms of being really fine examples of their style and of their type from those regions and the same goes for new zealand so I'm not going to go through them all, but, you know, we all know Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc if I have to see another Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc on the shelf. But
1: again, they still sell so well. So if you're a fan of Sauvignon from Marlborough, I mean, maybe just look around the world and see where you might get something like it.
0: I 100% would encourage that because I know it's a very, you know, unique flavour profile you know the Sauvignon Blanc from, from Marlborough is particularly pungent and punchy and aromatic but it's so expensive now and there's such an issue with supply and logistics that it is it is you know it's good to look for alternatives and there's fabulous Sauvignon Blancs elsewhere in the world but anyway we'll get back into that again another time so then you have say things like Cox Bay which is really you know renowned for its Syrah of all things um, which is okay, Sarah sarah anyway go on and then pinot noir and central otago and and uh, martinborough i think generally speaking new zealand again is one of those uh origins that is very clear in its labeling and all of that but i have to just say that it's it's premium now so new zealand i think is relatively you know self-explanatory i actually cannot think of a region in or an appellation in new zealand that produces like mass market wines no so, yeah. and to be fair, they have been pioneers in terms of, you know, wine. Screw gr- caps as well. Though. Screw caps, yeah. but also just quality, elevating the quality of their, of, of, of winemaking in general. And they've been pioneers in all sorts of techniques when it comes to winemaking. So fair play to them. And they've put themselves on the map for, you know, quality wines. A hundred percent. And then finally, really, I think, well, I, we haven't gone into South Africa either, but say the USA, just California in particular, we talked about ABAs. Like Chile, uh, California has central the central coast, which is where more of their mass market like your wines are made. Hotter climates, flatter flatter sites, and um, so your barefoots and your Gallo your Gallo wines, your mass market Gallo wines. Even though to be fair to Gallo, they've they've you know they've come up with they have now sort of ranges at all price points and premium price points, but. Um, Yeah, Barefoot is a wine with no geographical indication. It just says Chardonnay, California on the label. And that allows them to buy uh, grapes from any region. Same for Apothic Red, which is a gallo... Can I talk about
1: Barefoot for one second? Yes. So Barefoot is a Barefoot on their labels. We're talking about labels here. Yeah. It just says yellow, pink, black. Yeah. Different colours to distinguish between the different grapes. And they... Had barefoot, bare your soul campaign, S-O-L-E, cool. Bare your soul, like a foot, amazing. Okay. Campaign, which generated over 75 million consumer impressions via online platforms, helping them to connect with fans of the brand and potential customers. Brilliant. Now, so that's using their brand, yeah. their marketing of a label, which is a foot, well, I'll I see feet and I think
0: smelly, like, do you know? <laughs> I know, but I really like that you touched on this, even though I know, I think we're veering a little bit off topic, but no, it's know, relevant. But it's, yeah, it's about know. branding and labels. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I think this is a brilliant topic. And I think, it, again, another episode should another be devoted. four episodes. Yeah. To like the wine industry is so behind the spirits and beer industry in this regard when it comes to brands and iconic branding. Um. Like Barefoot is probably one of the few examples. I mean, think about wine labels, like how many of them have an icon that stands out? Like when you think about spirits, we all have like images of, you know, the bat of the Bacardi or, you know, the beef eater guy for the gin. And that is like, the, you know, spirits and beer industry and spirits in particular, okay, they have bigger budgets, but they know how to speak to the consumer. Mm-hmm. And wine, I think the wine world, I mean, we, we were talking about this last week, which is why it's, it's quite topical for me. It's just talking about how wine can be so like rooted in tradition and traditional labeling and all of that, that they, you know, the marketing is, is not quite there in terms of how to create, you know, brand loyalty and well, be icon you know, be an iconic brand that people remember. And Barefoot is a good example. And Yellow Tail. Something like, like with the him.
1: with the little bull that used to be plastic now we yeah, saw the paper it,
0: yeah but That's now the, the bull is not there and how how like you okay, know okay but
1: people know the brand and also 19 crimes is another interesting well, it's label well pretty new that uh, you know you scan the QR code in the back and it brings it to a video uh, you know it's this is this no, is the that- kind of thing that labels with the new world ones that are happening. That, yes. The yeah. old world wor- wines are well, behind, really. Yeah, so, well, no, with the
0: new world wine yeah. definitely, there's more innovation yeah, when it comes 100%. to labeling and packaging. Yeah. But 100%. again, it,
1: it, it depends. What do consumers want? Do they want to learn the bit to understand and be able to pick the wines that they want from the old world? Or are they happy being told this is a Shiraz from Parossa or Australia and it, here you go, it tastes like this, off you go? Yeah. Or are they lo- into the mystery and the complexity of wine? I mean, you know, it's
0: it's fascinating. It is fascinating. It's a real case of, you know, tradition meets innovation and, you know, what is best for the consumer and and what does the consumer appreciate? I think it really depends on demographic age so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and and who
0: does the producer want to target? Yeah, like like
1: sorry, Barefoot said, right. This was what I thought a load of rubbish now. Right. Okay. Barefoot can be enjoyed by anyone from first time wine drinkers to hardcore aficionados. (laughs) I don't agree. I think Barefoot campaign is completely targeting the younger market, trying to get them in with TV ads and just saying we're Mm -hmm. a Sauvignon, we're a pink Mm -hmm. blush, we're a blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And paying a fortune to get the right kind of influencers to sell it. So, I do not believe that that statement is true and it 's so funny yeah but it's all it 's all to do with labeling marketing and and getting it to the right places.
0: The branding piece is a, and that whole you know tradition meets innovation and packaging and all that is a whole area that we will explore. We know there 's a lot of mass market wines like barefoot that come out of the central coast of California or California in general it'll just say California. And we we also know about these AVAs that are like a a more defined geographical region where you should expect to get a bit more in quality. So Napa Valley, Russian River, you know, those are examples of Santa Rita Hills, whatever. Um, And I just I didn't want to neglect Argentina, which is such a huge, you know, origin and South Africa. And so but I think it's similar principles apply. I mean, Argentina, we all recognize Mendoza. We know Malbec is the great is the great grape from Argentina and specifically from Mendoza, even though they're doing amazing things with lots of other grape varieties. But I don't want to get into that now. But they are going into cooler climate because at the end of the day, they have huge altitude. With um, you know, the Andes and all of that that they they border. Yeah, I with. mean, usually so, there'd
1: be a minimum of six hundred meters yeah, above sea huge. level up to
0: what eighteen hundred or think, something. Yeah, eighteen hundred. But they have pinot noir oh, no, two thousand one hundred with one of the brands I saw. Yeah, yeah, I heard they're planting like treminers and things like that. Very, Very much. Yeah, really interesting stuff. But like that, um, Mendoza. You might see Uco Valley. You might see Salta. These are regions that are yeah, they're just defined geographical locations. Um, and I think, I think to be fair, most of the Argentinian wines we see are have some sort of a ge- geographical indication. You Mendoza know, mainly. Mendoza mainly, yeah. Mendoza, no. and then
1: South Africa again. Yeah, Stellenbosch is the is the key one there, and Elgin though. There's Sauvignon Blancs. Oh my God! Well, there's uh, loads. Walker Bay, I know. Stanley, look, yeah, I know. But, Do you know what? For me, South Africa is one of those countries that is more in style with old world wine yeah. making
0: well. In a, I suppose yeah I think that's fair I mean Thanks. for us in South, when we do a blind taste South Africa is one of those regions where we, we kind of you, you know if you're doing a flight of you, you know they tell you it's this is the same grape variety but from you know four different regions identify the grape variety identify the origin as closely as possible like if you had a, a, a Chardonnay you know you'd be going to you know you'd be thinking yeah. about yeah. France you'd be going to yeah. California you'd be going to even New Zealand you could be going to Australia you could even be going to you know Chile you could, loads of origins and poor little South Africa kind of gets forgotten about altogether but it's you know it's I think for
1: the for quality for money it is by far and away one of the best yeah. regions and for their inexpensive wine I'd leave them
0: to be honest but what I was going to say Go is that how do we how we kind of establish or get to South Africa is just making a Can reference to what just up. said. <laughs> no, it's, that, it's, it's old world meets new world. It's yeah. somewhere in the middle because mm-hmm. it has a savoury edge to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it has that kind of fruit-driven nature of a new world wine, but it has it's, a savoury... It's, a, a it's a not as
1: innovative as the other regions, I suppose, which no. would be the some traditional kind of historic things that it's, it's bringing in and it has more elegant kind of finesse and something to it. I love it. I love I love South Africa.
0: Yeah, South Africa is great. But now, to be fair, traditionally it made a lot of mass market wines as well. Wines of South Africa. South
1: African wines are one of the few I can pick up a million miles away of an inexpensive wine. All right. I, it, smell it. I know. Why? What? What's the giveaway for you? There's like this a funky note. A mm-hmm. fine. Not everyone gets it, but I get this funky note from inexpensive South African wines. Bit weird, I know
0: like a reductive note yeah okay now are doing a super quick quiz yeah anything to add to that that was super oh my god quick, lo- but I loads. think I think we're, we're yeah we're probably people need a time out from all the like the theory and we've
1: loads of bits to share with you again be on our email list and give us an email at ourwinepodcast at gmail.com and we can pop you on and um, we will share with you lots and lots of different uh, material to help you understand wine labels Okay, quiz time. What does WO mean on a South African wine label? Wine of Origin. This wine has gold stickers on the label. Does it mean it's good? No. <laughs> we'll
0: it's go a there marketing. we we'll marketing. Okay, that's not fair. Okay. okay. What does complex mean on a, the back of a wine label? Complex means it's had it's not just a young fresh fruity wine, it's probably had some other winemaking step to add another layer of flavor like, like barrel or for something. example, okay. oak aging. Okay. Yeah. This wine has no added sulfites. You said all
1: wine contains sulfites. Yes. Please explain.
0: So, so it means that it's whatever sulfites are in the wine were naturally occurring, whether that's in the vineyard or whatnot, on the grape skins, which happens for all wines. But the winemaker did not add extra sulfites in the winemaking process. Thank you.
1: What does unfiltered mean
0: on a wine label? That the wine has not been filtered. What does that mean? <laughs> well, I suppose... There might some, be bits of s- sediment. S- might cetera, be some that. sort of sediments. Some winemakers believe that to filter a wine or find a wine is to strip it of its character.
1: Excellent. I have seen Grillo, Aglianico, Vermentino and Nero d'Avola on Italian wine labels. What are these? Do you want me to go through each one of no, them? No, just in general. They're grapes. You put... If people don't know that, so Grillo is, is a white
0: in a region or no, grape. No, Grillo is a white grape variety. Aglianico, Aglianico is a red one. These are from all from the south of, of, of Italy. Fermentino a white, usually from Sardinia. What else did you say? Nero ne- d'Avola is from is a red grape variety from Sicily. So usually here it's the grape of the region. Yes, in, in I growth. think I think okay. we can say that for certainly for Southern Italy, they tend to like be very clear about the grape varieties and they love using their local grape varieties and I love them using them. Excellent. So what do you think?
1: We do these podcasts because we want you, our listeners, to know what's going on in the world of wine and be informed when it comes to your wine buying decisions. We always love hearing from you. So let us know your thoughts on Instagram and Twitter. Sign up for our newsletter. And if you haven't subscribed to Wine, the long and the short of it yet, make sure you do that wherever you get your podcasts. Or reach out to us by email at ourwinepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Antonia Dominguez. And I'm Linda Coogan. Cheers. Cheers.
0: You have been listening to Wine, the Long and the Short of It with me, Antonia Dominguez. And Melinda Coogan, in proud partnership with Give Wine a
1: Future.